Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You're listening to MAP Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bibles director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome to NAB Sports Take. <laughs> Episode 70, sorry, a little delay here if you're watching this on YouTube or on Twitter, where your weekly sport uh, podcast for sports business and a whole lot more here. We tackle the business of all the news that you hear about and a lot that you actually do not as well. Tonight, David and I will be welcoming our guest, Mike Riddleman, Director of Scouting and Player Personnel for the College Gridiron Showcase, to talk this weekend's CGS and the players that will be showcased at the event after that, we'll have Double D herself from social media and podcast fame to talk about the uh, Antonio Brown situation. We are super excited to have both of these guests. We want to thank everybody out there in Twitter land, in YouTube verse, wherever you are listening to this podcast. We are interactive. If you would like to put a question into the chat, we are here all night. Would that be on YouTube and Twitter? We appreciate everybody and all the support. And I would also like to ask if you could. Great. Subscribe. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it as this podcast continues to grow. Before we get into what we are going to talk to Mike and Double D, here at Maverick Sports Consultant, we would like to ask you to follow, subscribe, and take the chance to interact with us on our Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and other social media platforms. We are a company that is all about helping to maximize your opportunities in front of you and your career. The only way we can support you is if we hear from you. Your takeaway from tonight's show should be that if you interact with us, we will find a way to help you in your career path. Reach out and we could do a Mavs episode on the topic of your choice, or we could circle back with you to help you with some individual attention. Don't wait. Reach out today at Mav underscore sports and all your social media platforms. And at Mav underscore sports is, of course, the man I'm sitting with. (laughs) 18-year scouting vets across the NFL, CFL, including three straight, three, count it, one, two, three, three straight Arena League championships with the Arizona Rattlers in the front office over there, Mr. David Turner. David, as I start off every single week, how are you, my friend, on this 70th episode? I am pumped for today's episode. I'm not even going to lie. I haven't been pumped like this in a while. You, last few episodes, you and I have just been kind of on here doing our thing, which is incredible, which is fun. We have a great time doing it. But tonight, we are going to have two of the top guests that you can get talking about. First off, leading on with Mike, we're going to be talking about, you know, this upcoming college postseason pre-draft episodes that go on. And Mike's, you know, what you're involved in, the College Gridiron, you know, showcase is what kicks it off. And we're going to talk about the uniqueness of it, as well as who's invited, the standout players, why the NFL sees so much benefit in it. I'm going to talk about it, why I used to love going to it and all that. And then, boom, here comes Double D, Tiffany herself, coming in, right? She's going to come in, talk about the A-B situation from a social justice media style um, perspective, giving our clients, our customers, everybody out there a different perspective on what, what we, has already been said from, you know, Stephen A and Shannon and everybody else who's commented on it. I really yeah. believe she's going to deliver a, a different perspective on what happened with AB. And then obviously you and I will weigh in on all this. So I am pumped. I'm excited for everybody tonight. Again, if you have a question, put it in the chat. I have the, the TikTok live on the phone. So if you're one of our TikTok friends and you're on my profile, go do it on TikTok. I will see it and I will put it up for us to talk about. So we are live all over social media, baby. We are bringing it to the people tonight. How are you, sir? Fresh from Florida, looking a little tan going on there? Yeah, man, it's the Italian skin, you know. I, I think <laughs> I, I feel good. I look good. You know what I mean? Um, oh, no, yeah, you know, I got the hair for tonight and everything. Well, I'm excited, David, because we've had Mike on a couple times before. And like you said, it is kicking off draft season. Literally, this is the first all-star event 
of dr the draft circuit. And I also am one of the scouts over there for the College Gridiron Showcase, my first year. So I'm excited to get down to Fort Worth. And I'm really excited to be able to talk later in the show about the Antonio Brown situation just in general. Because me and you have not chopped it up about Antonio Brown yet. We haven't so, talked about it either way, so this is going to be fun. And I haven't put my I haven't put my two cents on Twitter, which is uncommon for me. So literally, I don't know what you're going to say about it. You don't know what I'm going to say about it. But of course, we want to start us off because draft season is officially upon us, man. I am pumped as we kind of see, you know, down the stretch here. Detroit Lions against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who's going to secure that first pick? If the Jaguars lose, it's theirs. They win, and the Lions lose. Then it's vice versa. There. So exciting times. We're going to pull up Mr. Mike Riddleman here, good friend of the show, Mr. Mike Riddleman, the director of scouting and player personnel for the College Gridiron Showcase. Mike, I think it's your third time on the show. Thanks for coming back, man. Oh, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, David, thank you for the great introduction. That was awesome. Um, well, you yeah. know, I had to do you justice because Ryan wasn't going to do it. Absolutely not. No, no. I just want to know if to be part of the college gridiron like showcase, like do I have to have my hat backwards like you two? I mean, <laughs> you guys look like twins here tonight. You guys got white hats back. Oh man, that was a smack I in the mean, face. You, you, like you, you guys, I mean, you I, guys I, look I, like BFF best buddies forever. I would oh, no. I would like to say I saw Mike behind the scenes here before I let him on the screen, and he did not have the hat backwards at first. So he is trying to beat me right now. I would just uh, like to here, we go. here we go. Here we go. Here we go, Ryan. Yep. Starting it off you with a slam dunk. You, you, you can't wait for the college grad showcase, man. You can't wait to meet me in person, get a few drinks. You know, it's, it's going to be good times, man. Oh, uh, you really know, good. it will be a good time. No, I'm excited for it. Um, you know, Ryan's done a phenomenal job with us, uh, you know, bringing bringing uh, a level of expertise in the, in the media realm and also in the scouting realm has made our our scouting meetings better uh, with his background. So you know, it's it's been great. And yeah, well, you're I'm, welcome. You're you're welcome. I taught him everything he um, needs. Oh, oh wow, nice, awesome. Okay, um, stop that. Uh, all right. Mike, we don't have it for very long, so we're going to kick off the questions in a second. We got Gladys in the chat saying yes. I guess she's very right. pumped up, as is David for tonight. Continue those comments in the section if you're watching on YouTube or Twitter. So, Mike, I really have enjoyed my time working with the College Ground Showcase because, for me, it's a lot different than I expected, to be honest. It is a much different format, and I think there's a lot of different kind of layers to the game a little bit. So talk to me a little bit, and I know that you've been on here and you've kind of talked about some of the differences, but for you, what are some of the things that make the College Ground Showcase unique and different than maybe some other all-star events? Yeah, so I mean, I think first and foremost, we don't have an actual game. And, mm -hmm. you know, I from that vantage point is I think – the the NFL and CFL teams and, you, and correct me if I'm wrong, David, from your from your experience and everything, you want to be able to see individual drills. You want to be able to see the, the body type of an athlete and then see how they move in, in between drills and during the drill itself. Um, you know, not in a game type setting, but in, in certain situations in practice. You know, seven on seven inside run. But let, let give an example of. Uh, indie position drill for a defensive end. How is he moving? How is he bending? You know, what's his strike like? You know, is he can he is he a able to change direction with ease? And I think that's where CGS comes into play, where we have ample individual time, and there's really no time limit on that. And I think the teams want to see the underlying uh, core values of a player during practice. Well, and I agree. I agree with you when it comes to that. I mean, what I've always loved about the CGS was that you gave us practice type drills mm -hmm. at game type speed. Yep. So therefore, like, because usually you go to a practice and people are doing inside run, but it's tame. It's yeah. it's you know it's 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 Pro almost glorified walk through just these days. sitting there, right? Like, right. It's like a little bit of a business decision. Yeah. Right. You know, it's not like the back. It's not like back when I got in and we did goal line defense and we had Strahan and Barrow and Hammer and all those guys going right at Tiki. And, you know, Fossil did three live reps every, every getting every practice. Okay. Uh, like we were, we, people were down there just mashing each other the first three plays of practice. But in your drills and at your event, which I loved uh, coming in and witnessing, again, you got the one on ones with the DBs and the, in the secondary or the receivers, right? You got yep. 
linebackers, you got the running backs tight end. So you get to see, and again, it's unfair for the defenders in a lot of those drills, right? Yeah. But at least you get to see, like you said, their core values, their hip flips, flexibility, their burst, their competitiveness. So from a scout like myself, when I'd come, I'd be like, dude, I get a lot out of this event right. to be able to go validate my report about a kid that played a certain amount. Or maybe you guys like Ryan and you dug in and found some guys that maybe didn't have enough play time, but we get to value a little bit more of this live practice to make an argument for a six-round pick or an undrafted free agent yep. or somebody down down the ladder it really helps us validate what our, our initial opinion is of a player. Absolutely. Right. I mean, I, I, you hit the nail on the head with that. I, and, and the the ability for us to take – and correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, I think we have 325 players plus coming in, over 300, let's just say. Um, yeah. The ability to have that those many good quality players you know, that are moving the needle – in some way, shape, or form, whether it's NAIA, D3, D2, FCS, FBS, or even international players of the Canadian colleges, I think it's the ability to bring those quality players in and see what they can do. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. We've been going, going since August on this, and I'm excited to see it come to fruition on, on this week. And, and I mean, speaking to the layer of, the, of how many players, I, I think the other cool thing is like a lot of people just think of these events as an NFL event, but like there's CFL football, there's Absolutely. the ELF overseas, there's potentially the XFL coming back, the USFL coming back. Like there's a lot of opportunities for these players to play professionally. It doesn't just end all be all with the NFL. So I think that for scouts of all you know, levels of the game, I think that this is a perfect event for them because they're going to see some guys that are overshadowed, guys that are coming from every anything from the FBS, Power Fives, all right. the way down to NAIA. Like, there's a lot of possibilities for a lot of different players to play professional football, in my opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, the USFL is coming in and coming. Uh, the XFL is going to be there. So, I mean, a lot of eyes are going to be in Fort Worth over the next week. And, you know, the, the best thing is we, we tell players, you're going to get – an opportunity to be seen. And that's, that's the, that's the best thing you can say to someone. You have an opportunity for to be evaluated. Now, when you've, you've been now, how many years have you been doing this? What, what year this, is, this is going to be year six for me. Rate this roster of these 300. So players coming in compared to years past. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, hot seat. Oh, man, David, coming coming at me quick, man. So, you know. Rick, I gave you two warm-up questions. I mean. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, last year's roster, you know, was with the 12 NFL draft picks. That, that was great. Um, I would rank this top three, uh, this roster top three of my six years, um, just because the overall depth of it. Um, you know, again, you can't predict how, how many players are going to get drafted, how many, you know, but I, I think the quality of the talent coming in and uh, I like the, for example, the, I think the defensive line class coming to CGS this year is impressive. Um, yeah. looking at the DNs, the edge guys, the in interior guys, uh, when I mean interior and like how I like to classify it is okay. From a zero technique to maybe a heavy five technique, those guys can play along the front. Uh, like uh, Rashad Nichols from Stephen F. Austin. My man is playing defensive end at, uh, at 300 pounds. Like that, the the athleticism, the strength he shows. I mean, that's a guy and that – Double-digit double sacks, too, for Stephen F. Austin. So right. He's, he's a dude, I mean, you know? Yeah. You know, so that's that's like the excitement. That's the type of player I'm looking to see. And the key thing I, I tell everyone is we look for versatility. You know, you, you be able to show more than you, you, you can provide. I mean, with Rashad, he can play anywhere, like I said, from a zero out to a five. You know, that that's that's great for the next level. That's showing teams, okay, he's not he's not just stuck to one place. Um, but I, I, I'm really excited about the D-line group. Um, you know, the, the, the tight end group this year is, is intriguing to me, and Ryan can attest to that. I think you have some. I think you have some size with the athleticism to back it up. Uh, a, a guy that comes to mind is uh, 
uh, Clint Sig from Lindenwood. Uh, I'm I'm very excited to see how he produces. Can he be an inline guy? Can he be flex out as well? And you know, can he do all these things? So, uh, yeah. Again, the the talents there. I would rate this top three. I know a long winded answer, but uh, top three in my six years. Yeah, well, I mean, you let you led me right into my next question because we already talked. I mean, we wanted to ask a little bit about the international aspect of it, but we talked about that a little bit, right? Like, there's different leagues, right. different locations outside of the United States that we're talking about, and we, I know we have a lot of guys from Canada coming down and all that good stuff. But we wanted to ask about some guys that you're excited about. You mentioned a couple. I will start you off here, Mike, because you mentioned the defensive line with with you know Rashad Nichols, and we got. Uh, guys like Don Peterson from Nevada, I think, is still coming down, and and a bunch of really. He's talented. actually he is actually going back to school. Oh, he's going back to school. Okay, well, even even then, still right. have guys like Jared Brinkman from Northern Iowa. Yeah. Still have guys like Elijah Garcia from Rice. So you talked about a guy that can play anywhere from a zero to a five. Like this dude is David a verified in the spring at six five. 300 pounds, clean weights, and 34-inch arms. Like, we're talking about the extension to be potentially a 4i, 5-tech, working against the realm box. That's Calais Campbell-style, like, numbers right there. Calais is actually only, like, 287, so, yeah. Yeah, so he's a guy that literally at Rice, they would play him anywhere on that defensive line. And actually kind of hurt him a little bit because they were two-gapping him a ton. And then this year they're finally like, okay, let's take the shackles off a little bit. Let's let you rush the passer and he let the team sacks. And that's just kind of how that works. And he's a guy that I think is kind of falling through the cracks. And we got guys like Kevin Atkins from Fresno State who's been a very productive player. And Damian Daniels, who's a 340-pound nose tackle out of Nebraska. Tyrone Truesdale, who started Auburn at Florida. But I, the, the position that I'm really excited about, Mike, that I want to take you to for a second, is the offensive line. I think that this might be from start to finish, at least looking at the Wranglers group, the the main showcase kids, this might be our strongest group, to be honest, even going into like the Desperados, because you got guys like Lewis Kidd from from Montana State. You got guys like Jordan Tugger from North Carolina, who David verified in the spring at 6'6 and a half, 352 pounds with 35 and three-fourth inch arms, my friends. That is a big boy. And then going into going into Desperados, and I'm going to let you take it away here in a second. I'll bet you, I'll bet, I'll bet, you, I'll bet you that kid plays better than Leatherwood. Just saying. Well, uh, I don't know about that one, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan Two Cook very talented players. Say that. Two very talented players. Leatherwood. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dylan Cook, though, is my guy. And, you know, I just want to boast about him for a second. I'll let you take a couple of these offensive linemen. But Dylan Cook from Montana, David, I'm telling you right now, I have no idea. I still don't. Why this kid isn't getting talked about enough. You want to talk about a crazy story, David? I'm going to give you a really quick one. Ready? This kid started at Montana State Northern. I didn't know there was a Montana State Northern. Let's start there for a second, okay? okay. Division two team, apparently? Yeah. Court Quarterback. Quarterback. Now the starting right tackle for Montana at 6'6 and 5 eighths, 309 pounds, clean. A little bit of shorter arms. He's going to move inside the guard. Dude has some silly raw power in his lower half. Played against Kayvon Thibodeau, who everyone loves at Oregon a couple years ago. Nice game against the man, even though he has only 32 and a half inch arms. You know, like he's not going to be a right tackle at the next level. Well, but guard inside. Robert I Gallery see- only. Robert Gallery coming out of Iowa only had 32 and a fourth arm. So I'm right. just saying, but like, he and moved, he moved in the guard, like yes. you were saying. Yeah, exactly. So Dylan Cook for me is a guy that I I still don't understand why there's no buzz about him outside of the college ground showcase because I love the kid. But Mike, if any of those offensive linemen that stick out for you, I, I know I kind of talked a lot to set this one up for you, but I'm excited about the group, man. To say the least. I mean, first of all, you never talk too much, Ryan. So I, I don't know where you. I know going. that. I know yeah. you're not. The same. I know. Yeah, I, I, you know, absolutely. I don't know how you guys get through scouting meetings with him. Oh, they're David. fun, David. They're fun, man. They're oh, good times. on a woman of prayer, David, and on a woman of prayer. A lot, a lot of Vicodin is all I'm saying. <laughs> so, hey, man, I, I, I say tight lips in those meetings. Okay, I don't like Pez, like Pez. <laughs> well, going off that, uh, first and foremost, uh, I Jason Poe for me uh, from Mercer. I, I, I think. First of all, being on Fel- Bruce Feldman's freak list, I-, I think he has the athletic ability to play multiple positions, center or guard. Um, you know, I- I- it's going to be a- maybe a little bit of a transition because he's been a guard 
for most of his career, but the true athletic ability. And when we had him on the other day, Ryan, on the roster reveal show, he said he was looking to run a 4.840 at 300 pounds, which I, I don't care what, well, I don't insane. care what anyone says. If you're running a 4.8 at 300 pounds, that's impressive. Uh, Shamarius Gilmore from uh, – oh, why am, I, why am I blanking? Georgia State. Georgia State. Thank you. Uh, 50 over, – over 50 career starts and, um, you know, a five-time all-conference kid. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I've been reached out by teams, you know, wanting to see if he can get some center reps. I'm like, absolutely. I mean – that's the yep. beauty of the College Gridiron Showcase. Um, going from a tackle perspective, I'm, I'm interested to see David Curl from Delaware. Uh, big size, you know, uh, heavy hands on the games I've watched. Um, I want to see if he has the flexibility to transition in and out of his pass sets. Um, but uh, that's a guy I'm lo- looking to see. Um, you know, Isaiah Edwards for Indiana State. Uh, big boy, big boy. Enormous, enormous as a guard. Um, you know, so that's, that, that's a guy I'm looking to look at and going back to the Wrangler group, um, Josh Seltzner from Wisconsin, uh, third team, all American first team, all big 10, uh, big, massive kid, uh, six, four, three twenty. I'm just, uh, ballparking it there. I don't have the verified numbers up, but like, yeah, he, he produced this year. And that's, that's the type of kid that we're getting at CGS. Like the accolades are coming down, especially the offensive line position. Uh, you know, the, the history of offensive linemen coming from Wisconsin. So I, I'm excited. I, I, I think, you know, Ryan the, up front, it, it's going to be a show to watch on one-on-ones with the offensive defensive line at CGS. Um, so I, 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 I'm excited. I could talk about this all, all night long, but you know, it's an hour program, right? <laughs> hey, man, and, and uh, like you said, a lot of these offensive linemen and these defensive linemen we're dealing with are very versatile players. Like yeah. like you mentioned, a couple of those guys, I want to see them work inside a little bit. I want to see them play multiple – because we're talking – it's at the end of the day, for people that don't know too much of the College Garden Showcase, we're, we are dealing with day three to UDFA-type players. Absolutely. Like, I mean, that, that's our that's our bread and butter right now. I think we found a niche in that aspect. Um, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong. There was a stat out uh, last year. I saw that the NFL is comprised of mostly late round yeah. and undrafted free agent, free agent type kids. You still need, uh, you know, you still need the type of players to build the team around. And then, you know, the Senior Bowl, the Shrine, the PA, they do a great job highlighting those are the top 100 to 150 to 200 kids. You know, but there's right. still a whole bunch of other prospects up there that you can build a team around and build well, the, the math goes you know most years there's about 253 to 257 depending on compensatory picks draft right. pick now mm-hmm. after the draft there's nearly 300 to, to 350 kids signed because yep. each each team will sign anywhere between five and 12 undrafted right. free agents so again the need for your your type of showcase really impacts a lot of these kids, like you right. said earlier, ability to move the needle one way or another. Either you're going to go and show out and you're going to move my needle as a scout to get on the table and fight for you in those situations, or you're going to move my needle down like, ooh, I might have overrode that guy right there. Yeah, you guys kicked. Um, but also, I remember years ago, there was a game called Texas versus Nation down in Texas. Yep. I went down there and I saw this offensive lineman and he – Started the day at right guard, then he flipped over to left guard, then he went and played center, then he played right tackle, and I'm like, who is this some bitch? Like, who the fuck is this kid? Right? And I didn't know who he was. He wasn't from my area. It was just one guy that was just really impressive. Well, T.J. Lang wound up playing in the NFL. <laughs> and we're a very long good player. player, very good player, very good player. At the time, he didn't have any invites or anything. He went to. Texas Nation, and he made an impact for his name. And I went back to the Raiders, and I told our offensive line coach, who will not be named because I don't want to embarrass people, to look at him. And he told me he was too small from a too small of a school. Yeah, about three years later, he goes, "You had it right. I was wrong." And I was like, Man. "Next time you'll listen," because that's the way it goes. But also in the in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, after last year's draft class or inductee class. There are as many undrafted free agents as first-round picks now in the HOF. 
So, you know, games like yours and people like you who are committed to these young men and their careers, I really take my hat off to you and applaud you because a lot of them do become forgotten or forgotten, I should say. And you know what? You're not letting them be forgotten and you're not letting them be written off. And you've battled your ass off to get this to be a significant stop on our scouting road trip that we take in the off season here and leading up to the draft. So I thank you and applaud you for your effort because I know um, it's hard for these kids. No, I work with them all the time and it's hard for them to get noticed. Like you said, and you gave them the showcase. So hey, thank you. for doing I, that. No, I, I appreciate the kind words. I mean, the, most of the thanks needs to go to uh, Jose Jefferson and Craig red. They, they created this eight years ago. Uh, they, you know, I've been blessed to come along with the ride with them, but Jose and Craig have done have turned this into an awesome, awesome thing. And you know, uh, I I can't I can't thank them enough for letting me come on and uh, grow in the role that I am with CGS and having the ability to bring on great people like Ryan on and uh, you know really see this thing flourish. And and I. I tell people this all the time and football is a great community on Twitter and everything and the scouting scouting community and everything it go out and network go just go out and, and talk and learn and and I think CGS is a great is, is turning into a great networking event for that you know where you can learn about the game of football different aspects from coaching your evaluation side and you know, I, that's what I always take oh, take away with it, and I, I think it's a week of football, and I'm I'm in heaven. But you know, uh, so but th- that's that's how I take it. And and, and again, I want to thank Craig and Jose for creating this and yep. creating CGS. Well, Mike, you've been so um, so cordial with your time. I think I just want to end us here with. I know we obviously have some great partnerships that we've been dealing with. So if you want to shout out partnerships and maybe absolutely. For people potentially out there that maybe want to get involved in this game, support this game, like what are some ways that they can? Absolutely. So the partnerships, Frog Fuel has been phenomenal. Dex Analytics, uh, Tracking Football, Mark and his team have done a tremendous t- a job on our uh, on our uh, scouting staff. And, uh, tr- and you, Ryan, you can, you can attest to this. The, the data Mark and his team bring out is phenomenal. Um, you know, uh, Riser – uh, the with the taps testing and everything. Um, how can you get involved? You know, first and foremost, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, reach out, connect with us, and um, you know, I'm on there myself. Uh, Jose's on 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 Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, reach out, connect with us, follow us. You know, if you want to come down, if you're media, come down to the event. Let us know. I know it's a little short notice, but um, you know, just Is that stay- a short joke. No, that's a five-four joke, sir. That's a five-four joke right there. Wow, wow, wow! On fire tonight. Bring you on my show, and you just threw a five-four joke at me. Well, well, hold on, hold on there. Let's let's take a step back here, David. You know, you're more like five-eight to me, anyway. So let's. Oh, three to four inches. That's good. Oh, it's gonna be nice, Ryan. So. But no, it. Uh, please connect I almost, with us. I almost made it. I almost made an inappropriate joke. I'm sorry, God. Thanks, Ryan. Um, <laughs> Thanks, well, Ryan. We'll be you about it. I, I, I'm excited to meet the Ryan Roberts in person. You know, I, I don't. I, I don't know. It's not that impressive. I'm sorry. You never even met me in person. Shut up, David. You never even wow. met me. Wow. Bro, today on a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. Every Tuesday night, baby. You got to listen to it. It's every Tuesday night. And we used to teach the scouting course together every Friday night. That's how we got to know each other. So we need to stay professional in that one, though. We need to say a little yeah, we went are, there back any video, are there any videos, evidence of you guys teaching me? teaching the course out there we had a 20 i created a 25 week course and ryan and i put the whole thing together and it's it's out there yeah somewhere i don't i don't know where but buying some paywall somewhere but uh, yeah that's another another story for another time Uh, mike riddleman again director of scouting and player personnel for the college good showcase mike appreciate your time again man i will see you live and in person in a couple days my friend i will see you friday david thank you again ryan thank you again and you guys do a phenomenal job hey mike come back next week and give us a recap of how it went deal yeah let's do that phenomenal yes uh, what two next tuesday next tuesday night reserve it right now i'll be in texas let's do it 
All Let's right. do it. Ah, live. Boots on the ground, as somebody once said. All right, Mike. Appreciate you, bro. Talk to you soon. See you guys. Thank you. David, I had to leave this up at the bottom. That's my dad, by the way. He said, uh, <laughs> uh, don't make me start in on the Dolphins, Mr. Roberts. Don't, oh, he, don't he, me... was a, he, he took the course, though. He said it was good stuff. So shout out oh, okay. to the uh, Friday Night Scout School. <laughs> lore there so appreciate my crew for popping on really excited about the college ground showcase coming up we are about to invite double d on before we do maverick sports consulting was created to help professionals in the sporting community to showcase their passion in a professional manner whether that is to help you when approaching the interview create a social media marketing plan or helping you prepare to take a wonderlick test we are here to help you maximize your opportunity Please head over to Maverick Sports Consulting. Come find your advantage package today. So we're going to welcome on in just a second, Double D, uh, who is of social media fame. Her TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube success are increasing exponentially daily. And her podcast show, The Real Tea with Double D, is a must listen as well. If you're on TikTok, I'm sure you heard her coin phrase, hey players, or my personal favorite, I declare. Her social justice posts are things of legends, and her heart pours through the screen as she reports on current events. We are honored to welcome her. She's a Louisiana native, mom, wife, and content creator to talk about the Antonio Brown antics and mental health for athletes. Welcoming now, Double D, to the show. I know David has been beyond excited. Double D, this is awesome to meet you. How are you tonight? I am doing well. How are you all doing? I'm excited to be here. I'm fired up. You already know that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm telling you right now, David called me, uh, what was it, yesterday, David, the day before, I forget what day it was, and he was like bursting at the scenes. Like, I cannot <laughs> wait for you to meet our guest. So happy. Uh, we have people right here that are already popping in. Yes, I'm ready. We got, we got some energy in the room. Hey, playa. Uh, yeah, we're in here. So, Double D, I, I need to start this off by – by because I know a little bit of, you know, David's reaching out and all that good stuff. But how did David convince you to come on our little sports show with the following that you have with what you do? Look, I was dumbfounded. Okay, so I made, I made a video talking about Antonio Brown. Listen. I know nothing about football, okay? I'm just going to go ahead and say that I know nothing. In fact, on this video that I made of him leaving the uh, the field, yep. um, I, I was uh, talking at the end, and I was like, okay, so he plays for the uh, book. Uh, and I was like, you mean, is that a Tampa, honey? You know, I said, look to my husband to ask him, and then I completed it. And then he got into the comments, and he was like, hi, you're invited to have sports take. And I was like, me? Because <laughs> I didn't, you know, I was really clutching my invisible pearls. I could not believe that he invited me. So we kind of linked up from there. And I was excited to come on and try something different again. I don't know much about football, but I do know a little bit about mental health and at least can try to analyze what he had going on. <laughs> well, I, I love know, it. Like, I love like it. what you were talking about was so, I love how every one of your posts is so genuine, right? The heart, your heart just pours through the screen, right? Every time we talk. And like you did, you turned to your husband, you're like, is it the Buccaneers? And I about I lost it. I was over here crying. I'm like, she's just too much. I just can't. Like, she's just too much. I can't with her. And then I was like, I gotta get her on Mavs. I gotta get her on Mavs. So I was like, let's just reach out and see if I can do it this way. And when you responded, I dropped my phone. I absolutely really? dropped my phone. I was just like, oh my gosh, she's responding. <laughs> Hopefully not in the toilet or something, though. Like, hopefully just on the ground. No. And by the way, we are unmuzzled. You can say whatever you want, however you okay. want, whenever you want. Don't yeah. hold back, just whatever. And by the way, I see that nice new hoodie. I saw the post today. Thank you got you. your nice new TikTok yes. gear going. Yes, I'm so excited. Absolutely. So and now, excited. and the only two requirements I do require tonight is that there's a hay player somewhere, and there is a. I declare. What a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am so excited that you all invited me on. This is this is just great. I really love um, having conversations like this. And then I'm going to learn something from you all because I don't know much about football. I, in fact, I'm going to tell you a little secret. When um, you invited me and everything, and I'm like, I don't know anything about football. So I called my friend 
uh, Ken and I'm talking to my husband and I'm like, okay, so the, what position does he play? And he said, he's, he's a wide receiver. And I said, okay, what does that mean? And he's explaining it to me or whatever. And I'm like, okay, so, okay. So how, what, I mean, how, how do they determine who gets the ball? I don't understand. I mean, we went into this long thing and then they finally told me, look, just cancel the show. You can't do it. So <laughs> I was so excited when I talked to David and I was like, he was like, well, you don't have to know that much. We're just going to talk about what's happening. So I was excited about that. So thank you all for having me on again. I'm no, sure we're you. excited and happy. So when you first saw the AB out, you know, latest lash out as I'm going to call it the tantrum. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what, what was the first thing that went through your mind? Cause it's obvious you're not as like vested in football as Ryan and I. So what was it that it caused you to want to post about it? Well, it was just a flip out. It was unprecedented. I had never, although, um, you know, I don't know much about football, but something like that happening, if it was like a, an occurrence that happened a lot, of course it wouldn't have went, you know, so far. I probably would have never heard about it. So I knew that this was an unprecedented event that had happened where somebody took off their clothes. First of all, I, you know, when I heard about it before I seen the clip, I thought he got naked. And of course I wanted to go see that. Don't tell my husband. I don't hope he's not watching. But I was like, did he get naked or what? So I went and watched it. I was like, this guy, he's flipping out. What caused him to do this? That was my question. And then once you once you dug in, because I know you, you said today, you, know, mm-hmm. you said you dug in a little bit. Once you dug in the way Double D does her, her research, because this <laughs> woman does her research. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I know you even involve family. Yes. I was told you involve family. Absolutely. So once you dug into it, what's your conclusion now on it? Okay. So as we look at the uh, the history of An- Antonio Brown, I believe they call him AB. So yep, yep. Um, as we look at the history, this is a, a consistent pattern with him um, where he's been getting in trouble. So obviously there's there's a, a shift, a change, or something that has happened to him, to me, you know, or we could look at this in another avenue and say, is this diva behavior? So there's several things, okay, that I've, that I've learned. Of course, wide receivers, they receive the ball, they make the touchdowns, correct? Yep. So these are the people that are loved, like the quarterback and the wide receiver. They have to do the show. They have to do this. So this guy is just, he's probably been uh, coddled and just given everything. You can look at it from this avenue and say, he's just being a diva. Something wasn't going right right for him in that moment, and he's just being a diva. But what changes it for me is these uh, these outbursts that uh, turn, you know, where he's had these criminal things that have been going on, you know, uh, where he's had uh, the fake vaccination cards that's been going on, just these different things. And it seems to be escalating at this point. You get what I'm saying? So there's yeah, an yeah. escalation there that's really giving me pause. So I'm wondering if he has some sort of disorder and I tried to find, did he, but he's not diagnosed. Now, what I did find that in 2020 um, fans were saying that maybe he was bipolar because of all of this that he has going on. So he said that he was actually receiving, um, he was actually receiving mental health counseling. He said this in 2020 that he was receiving therapy. So, what my question would be to him, Antonio Brown, is you are a football player. You have wealth that we all don't have. You have resources that we don't have. Do you really want to get the help because you have the 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 wherewithal to do it? You have the materials to do it. Do you want to do it? And it seems to me he doesn't. He doesn't want yeah. to do it. If he knows that he has an issue because he's admitted it in 2020 that he's receiving help, he knows he's had an issue and he's continued to escalate since then. I don't think he wants to do it anymore. That's what I think. Yeah, it, 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 I think it's a really it's it's oh. such a difficult conversation for me because yes. I think there is an extremely fine line before like what you're saying, diva behavior, mm-hmm. some type of mental disorder because mm-hmm. uh, you nailed it. And I think we had a comment in here. Actually, from my father, who said that you know you have wide receivers down pat because they are absolutely <laughs> prima donnas. There is no uh-huh. doubt about that, and I there is definitely that layer to it. 
But the weird part about his background a little bit is that he went to a small school, Central Michigan. He was oh. actually a walk-on, if I remember correctly. Yes. Then he was a late-round draft pick. So, like, he is a guy that hasn't been – like, he's not like he's a – he was a top-notch recruit that was a first-round draft pick that got everything kind of like you're saying. So, like, that's where I'm, like, a little confused on, like, is this the even behavior? Is this mental health? Because he, although he plays a position that is – typically diva behavior like we've seen guys like Terrell Owens in the past that like they wanted to make it all about themselves but like they never took it to a point where they're putting their job in jeopardy you know what I well, mean like this guy literally just quit on the football team and well, the one thing about everything. the one thing about T.O. is he never took it out on the team uh-huh. right uh-huh. That, like he, remember he did you know when he was working out in the driveway and all that crap I mean that was Oh, that was that, good times in Philly, man. It was good times. Yeah, that was that was when, but he didn't take it out on the team. Some of his act antics and stuff that To did it yep. interrupted the team. Okay, but it, he never walked off on a field a game. He was too competitive for that. Okay, so yep. and and To does have some absolute mental issues, but it started when his grandmother broke down and she or she passed away because that was his that was his woman that just he loved and he would never embarrass her. Yeah, Once right, she right. passed away, yeah. he lost, uh, he had a mental breakdown there with a B my take on it. Yep. Is he's absolutely nothing but a fucking baby. Okay. Oof. And he's an immature asshole. Where does that Plain come from though? Like, honestly, like where does it come from though? Like when he was in Pittsburgh, he had a deal yeah. on the table that was going to mm-hmm. pay him to be like the number 10 wide receiver wasn't good enough. And Pittsburgh's all about team. We're going to try to keep this team together. We're going to, you know, that's the Pittsburgh way. We had Roethlisberger. We, Roethlisberger wasn't the top paid quarterback ever in his career, ever. Okay. Yep. He, he took less to build a team around him, to have an offensive line to do stuff. He wanted, AB wanted top money. So they let him go. He wound up going to the Raiders. The oh. Raiders paid him top money. They flew him and his son in on a helicopter to, you know, to training camp and made a huge deal of this man. And then he mm-hmm. got there and he, and he pouted because yeah. it wasn't the offense that he wanted. It wasn't all the touches he wanted. It wasn't exactly how he wanted. Kind of reminds me of some of these basketball players, okay? Mm-hmm. And so then he wanted to, you know, be let out. He bitched and whined until he got let out. And then he runs around on social media and said, Mom, Grandma, they freed me. Grandma, they freed me. The reason he had to go – the only reason he went to mental health issues on 2020 was so a team would sign him. It was right. all a ploy. It wasn't that he wanted help, Double D. He went there to get a contract. And so he did it as a negotiation ploy, like, oh, I'm getting mental health. I know I have an issue. He never admitted it. He went to the Patriots for like four days. Robert he Kraft met he never even played a game, did he? Did he ever no, play a he, game? He, no. I think, I think he might have played him one, but yeah, it was very, very brief. Robert oh, Kraft no. met him one time and said, "That guy cannot be in a Patriots uniform. He can't do it right. because uh, because of the he, you know he was on social media and he hit his wife and that was Robert Kraft. I don't want to be associated with this. Uh-huh, I don't. Uh-huh. I don't. It's not what I want. So the the trail of this man's behavior and then getting rewarded. Okay, to get a contract, to go win a Super Bowl, to catch a touchdown, to have a guy like Tom Brady vouch for him, and then to go on, and then again, like you said, Double D, he went on the, he had a vaccination card, he didn't pay his, uh, his chef who turned him in on that one, yes, yeah, just said, you know what, (laughs) you're getting turned in, you didn't pay me, Uh and so he's doing all this bad behavior, and he's been rewarded with contract after contract after contract, and he's living in Tom Brady's house, Giselle's freaking cooking for him. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. he strips down half naked in the middle of the field and basically puts his fingers up at Tom Brady and the rest of the Buccaneers and says, I'm out of here. When he knows they need him because Godwin, their yeah. best receiver, tore an ACL and their and their running back is out. This is a guy they need to win the Super Bowl. And he knew they needed him. And he walked out on him. So that's why I'm gonna score hard and tough on him because you know what? As a competitive individual, as Ryan knows I am, I'm I won three straight titles. I'm I'm a national powerlifting champion. I've done everything there is. I've been on teams where I've had to take a lesser role to, for us to succeed. Mm-hmm. You do what you have to do when you accept being a teammate and you get that team to where they need to be, especially this time of year. This time of year, 
when you only have like four or five games left, basically, if you go and you win in the playoffs, you got like five games to go. Anybody can do anything for five weeks. Anything can do any, anybody can do anything for five weeks. Just focus and get through the season and then figure it out. But no, he took a stage in New York and he quit in public in a biggest diva way. And he walked out, and then he stayed in New York, and he went to the basketball game last night. Yes, and he released a rap song. You know, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. He released a rap song the same night when it happened. And my deal, my problem with him is that he is, he, it's just embarrassing. You know, I talked to my nephew who played, uh, his name is Byron, he played for uh, SMU. And he told me about um, being on a football team is a brotherhood. You know, you have an allegiance to your um to your teammates and for you to act out like this consistently constantly and the the team is looked at negatively i mean this is this is just awful so my i, I just don't think i think his career is over and that would be my questions to you all i think he's done well that's what i was going to actually going to lead you in to actually ask you because <laughs> honestly like we haven't seen like you said before we haven't really seen this yeah. type of um this type of outburst at least publicly because like, oh. I remember Vontae Davis was a cornerback who quit in the middle of halftime in the locker room and just mm -hmm. just went away but like we didn't, we didn't see that publicly obviously right, right. Especially the game, you, you've kind of figured that out but my question for you is like is this worth saving at some point what would it take to prove to you that he deserves another chance like is there any resolution potentially to his career because he's a great player I mean he's a great player when he plays football but no no I mean listen you cannot have a toxic person come into the locker room where they have a, a brotherhood. I mean, come on, the man streamed their uh, locker hood, uh, their locker room, you know, without them knowing about it. And the coach, you remember he did that, you know, he, he yeah. can't be trusted. He's bringing a horrible, uh, a horrible element of toxicity to the locker room. He doesn't uh, have a, a brotherhood and allegiance to his teammates. How can they trust him? And if you can't trust him, then how can you play well with him? That's my thing. He has sure. he has shown he has he was on a team with Tom Brady and Tom Brady, I have heard, is the team's player. He's a team team player. You know what I mean? So if you ruin something with him where he's taking you to his house, done everything you can for him and then you still do something like this and they were trying to stop him, trying to talk him down and he didn't want to he didn't want to be stopped. No, I don't think that there's anything that they can do. Like I said, if it is a mental health problem, then he has all the resources that he needs to get the help, you know, but he has to be the first person to recognize it. A person that doesn't recognize it won't get help. It's like an alcoholic. You got to first recognize you got a problem to get it, get, get the help. So I'm not going to feel sorry for him in a way of saying, oh, he's he, he has a mental health issues. We're supposed to say, oh, well, let's just be tapful. I forgot who that was. Uh, this guy said today um, he posted on Twitter and he said uh, he's his name is Darice Fountain. And he said to all mm -hmm. the people making fun of A.B. and situations in this situation is lame. Mental illness and CTE is real. Unfortunately, it's a real reality for a lot of us in the business. Instead of making fun of him and chasing clout, let's figure out how to give him uh, the help that he needs. I understand that. But if you were not in football, if you were not worth all these millions of dollars and have the resources available for you, I mean, I'm sure the team has a lot. That that can help him. He has to recognize it. If he doesn't recognize it, he's done. Point yeah. blank. Period. And I can tell you from the team perspective, these guys and us staff, there are psychologists that are in the building. You can go sit on the couch and talk to them. Almost every team has one. Okay, it's like if you're just having a bad day at work, instead of going and bugging one of your coworkers to bitch and whine about something, you just go into the psychologist's office. It's it's protected. You get it out, and now you're not ruining productivity of two people. So a lot of teams just do that now. It started with the Ravens about 10 years ago. Most teams have it now. But also, the health insurance that we carry as an NFL employee, we have a concierge service. Like, you call the concierge service. They tell you who you can go see outside the organization that covered you're covered medically. So there is zero reason. If you want the help, you can find it. And for the guy who said CTE is real, it is real. Absolutely. I, I watched Junior say I'll commit suicide with it, okay? Like, Ugh. I get it. But at the same point, you in today's NFL, there's never been more of a point 
to address mental health than ever before in the last three to five years. So if they want it, it's there. And Antonio Brown, again, admitted in 2020 or said in 2020 he was in, he was in help. Oh. Well, if he would stayed in it for this long, I doubt we would have seen that that that, uh, that uh, outburst we saw Absolute, on the field yesterday. Absolutely. And so, I therefore, that's why I said it was nothing but a contract ploy to get a new contract because nobody was going to let him on a team. Nobody was going to let him on a team until, you know, that he admitted he was in treatment. Now, he didn't stay in the treatment, I'll guarantee you that, because of that outburst. Now, again, if he would have went in, like you said, Ryan, after the yep. game or at halftime and quit in private, yep. I might be like, you know what? The man's struggling, kind of like uh, Ridley down in Atlanta. You know, he was struggling. He took the year off because he needed help. It was private. It was not on the middle of the field. It was not in New York on the biggest stage in the sports. He didn't and make it about himself. He right. didn't make it about himself. He just said, "I need to. I need to. I need to do this for myself and step away." There's other players so far this year that have done that. They said, "Hey, I need to step away from myself," and then they come back to the team when they get their head right. Cool. Like I'm on board. I'm saying the way he did it, the way he did it, he deserves every ounce of what he's getting. So yeah. that's that's that. Now I'm gonna ask you a mom question real quick. I'm gonna ask you a mom yeah. question. Oh, still my goodness. question. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Okay. So as a mom, with your research and learning about football and talking, as a mom, would you let your children play football now with what you learned? Yes or no, and why or why not? Absolutely, I'll let my kids play. Um, I mean, it's. You know, whatever that they whatever that they want to do. Like I said, my nephew played, and um, I'm very proud of him. He got an injury, though, um, when he was playing for the Mustangs, and um, he, he wasn't able to finish. But um, I would let them play. You know, I, I think that you, you do what your heart desires. That's my thing. Even, even knowing all of this, I say do what your heart desires. I'm not going to stop them. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to backtrack for one second because we have a lot of great comments in the section. I would just like to say I, I, this one from Gladys was one that I really wanted to take a look at for a second because we were talking about like what would be a redeeming, you know, kind of track for AB. I agree. Never looked for it. And like David said, it's way more accessible. And I'm not even old, right? Like I'm only 30 years old. My, my playing career didn't end that you know, far into the future where I got to talk about the old days of me walking through six inches, uh, six feet of snow. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm oh, still not like me. New. Yeah, I got it, Ryan. I saw yeah, that. Like, like you, for, right well, you, you grew up in California. You don't know anything about snow, but, um, <laughs> but the point I'm trying to say is that like when I played, it was like a very stereotypical type of outlook to like be the tough guy, right? Like I've had concussions and I never went, got it checked. Like I, I, my, my junior and senior year of high school, I dislocated my shoulders, each of them probably a good eight to ten times each shoulder. And, like, I never came out of the game. Like, I, I just popped that thing back in. You know what I mean? And I feel like things now are just so much more available. Like, people have the ability to to get help if they need to. And I, I don't know if it's to the point now where, like, people, everyone is obviously super comfortable with it. But I – would just like to, you know, just kind of urge to like take that next step. And I think that this is a great conversation for me, Double D, is because like, honestly, I played football. I love football. Like uh -huh. this was, I always tell my wife, like no disrespect to her because I love her more than anything in the world. But like there football, goes. The football was the first love though. Like let's right. not get that twisted, you know, like I love <laughs> right. the thing, man. Like I have always loved it since I was eight mm. years old. I'm not sure if I'll let my kid play football. I'm not sure really? if I have a son, I'm not sure because like I'm dealing just like my body aches, man. And like, it's just like, I, I don't think I have CTE, but like I get headaches sometimes, you know? And yeah. like, it's the repercussions just kind of looking back at it. And like, I don't know. And, and like, honestly, like I feel like I was so football for so long mm -hmm. that like I sacrificed other parts of my life, to be honest. Like, I don't think I was a well-rounded person as well as I could have been. I feel like I'm better now, but like, mm -hmm. You feel you're better now? Well, no, I feel I feel good now because like I have a great family. <laughs> I have other interests outside of football that I didn't have when I was younger. But like I remember the day when I like couldn't play football anymore, and I played at a very small college because of like mm -hmm. you know some things with shoulder injuries and stuff. But like I remember the day like I couldn't play anymore. I was just like, I don't really know what I like besides this uh, thing. You know? And football does not. And football doesn't last forever. Like yeah, it doesn't. yeah. 
we're, we're yeah. talking about a 30 year old man, right? And Antonio Brown that might be done playing football for the rest of his life. He's got a lot of life left. In he theory, does, you know, he which does. is crazy to think about. So he, just my sense out there, you know? Yeah. I would, I would, I just would like for them to do whatever it is that they would like to do. You know, I'm just a firm believe, a firm believer in that. I mean, of course I don't want them, you know, shaking their ass for cash. But I mean, <laughs> but I mean, you know, but Mama, I, mean, I enjoy it. <laughs> it tastes good, look, Mom. Look, you better talk to your dad. Don't talk to me about it. I don't want to hear. But, I, but um, I just, I, I probably, you know, that is such a hard thing to say. You know, when they're so tiny, because my babies yeah. are two and three, and but I just think that, I just think that I would let them do whatever they wanted to do, whatever their hearts desires, but. You know, hearing you speak now, it makes gives me a little pause. You know what I mean? So that's you well, know, it's I'll, always something to think about with children. I yeah. have a I have a sixteen year old son who is well big, way bigger than I am. I mean, mm -hmm. I, it's, it's getting to the point when he introduces me as his dad, people don't believe it. Okay, <laughs> it's like no, the milkman came around. So, um, but I I never let him play. It was just not. It was not. It was not the thing because he was a big chunky kid and i knew he was going to be on the line i brought him to the new york giants one time when he was like three and pat flaherty their all-line coach was like hey gregory put it get in a stance and he started showing him a stance and gregory's a lefty and he got in a stance flaherty looked right at me his eyes got all big and i'm like no flair you're not training my kid to be a, a center right now no that's not happening wow. okay. but he never played um you know gregory took other interests now now he's regretting not playing because I got the text like just two weeks ago. Hey, Dad, can I go to college and play? <laughs> hey, so do they take walk-ons that have never played before? I'm like, your size probably. But I told him he's gonna have, him and I are going to have to do a lot of drill work before he even gets there because, I, I mean, we, we're going to train him up if he's really serious about it because I can't let him just walk on and be like that. But um, – no, I, I just never, I never, I mean, I didn't want to say I rowed him back, but I didn't encourage him to right. play. Right. Because well, I like Ryan, I, yeah. I mean, from my football playing, I've had surgeries on my knees from my, from my powerlifting days. I've had surgeries on my, on my shoulders. So the big weight, everything that gets involved when you're moving all that, your body's just not meant to do it. It's just mm -hmm. not. Um, right. So, and a lot of people don't know proper techniques and everything. So, you know, for me, I'm just like, ah. Let's save your brain. Let's go be a stockbroker. Okay. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, in, real, in reality is I would I, – I, I, well, I know that I'm going to be a father that's going to let my kids make their own decisions. So, like, oh. I'm not going to stop my kids from uh, – because I only have a daughter right now. But if I had a son or if my daughter wanted to play, I mean, we're, we're you know, in a different world now. Oh. But, you know, if they wanted to play the game of football, I would not stop them. I just oh. – if they asked my opinion on it, I would just – I, I don't know if hesitancy is the right word, but like, yeah, a lot of negative repercussions to it. Like, I again, I love this thing, man. Like, I do this for a living. Like, this is me. You know what I mean? Right. But like, it's 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 a tough conversation. I think. Hey, Ryan, bring up bring up Byron's comment really quick. I want to get. It's a great her. point. It's that's a great my point. nephew. I had it up a second ago. Yep. That's my <laughs> nephew that I'm talking about that play for SMU. That's him. Oh, that's him. <laughs> yeah. That's him. Yeah. Well, and it's a great point because I well, I actually cover Notre, uh, recruiting for Notre Dame on uh, Sports Illustrated. That's uh -huh. that's my day job now, and you're absolutely right. For a lot of kids, this is that's how they get to the places they want to be. And I and hey, that was them. I'm, I can only speak for my personal situation. Is I was a lower level player who was not getting a scholarship because of just some circumstances. And for me, it was just like. I kind of just looked back and it's all my own personal experiences. I was just like, man, I wish I would have like went outside the box a little bit, you know, like right. I wish I would have tried some different things, but Byron, you're absolutely right. For a lot of kids, it is the means to get to where they need to be scholarships, potentially generational wealth. And I completely get that. And they're, um, that's everyone's else's decision, obviously. So, um, think what's the your last... take though? Wait, hold on. What's, her, yeah. what are your, what's your take, take on on this comment because it is a very true comment that sports yeah. in a lot of places is the way out is the way out yes. and it yes uh that is true sports in a lot of places when you live in um a town that doesn't have anything else to do but sports and you can't see any way out um the only people that you have for you know for black people you know we have to look at um 
a lot of the people who we saw on television, you know, back then were like the the basketball players, the football players. You know, these are the people that we saw that made it out of these small towns that made it beyond. Like you look at Michael Jordan, where he came from and where he went to. This is what we have to look up to. So when you think about uh, black people, you have to think about black people in this in the take on that. It's like what the imagery was at the time. What we got to see is what we wanted to be. You know what I mean? So if we saw a basketball player, that uh, um, someone that looked like us on the screen and they looked like they were doing well and they were uh, doing their thing and going all these places, of course, we're going to want to model ourselves around what we see as the idea of success. So I agree with that 100%. Now, how do you feel um, as a society we should adjust our relationship with athletes in order to maybe – help not create an Antonio Brown in how, because like, I know in your post, you were saying that this is a man that's been catered to. And yeah. it's true. When yeah. you're a star player, you've been catered to since you're eight years old. Yes. And, absolutely. you know, people will say you don't pass classes. You don't do this. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. You know, and if things happen off the field, they get swept under the rug because they need you to play. Um, it does happen hundred percent. So how do you feel? I'd love to hear your take on what you think adjustments should be. I mean, I feel like adjustments should be when these kids do things that they, from the beginning, they need to be held accountable for it. Like you just said, you can't have a child that is flunking um, math and they need to pass math. Uh, in order to play, play in this championship game and you go ahead and, and give him the answers. You know what I'm saying? He's learning at that age that, okay, because of my ability to play this sport and because I'm good at it, I could get anything that I want. This starts at a young age. We have to teach them accountability for your actions. It really needs to be. If you do not study and do not pass this course, then you cannot play the game. You know what I mean? If we stop catering to these athletes because they are bringing in the people, putting the butts in the seats, they are the ones that are um, uh, uh, bringing in the money. If we stop doing this, then maybe we will get an adjustment in behavior, you know, as far as the diva aspect on it. Now, I can't say speak to his mental illness because, again, if he has one, he has to be, be able to recognize it for himself. But I would say for the diva aspect of it, if we continue to cater to these uh, basketball players, football players, these players and not holding them accountable for the things that they do and also making them make the grade and stop just passing them, then it's not going to ha- it, it's, it's, it's just not going to work. We're going to always see going to always see somebody like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I feel like it's more likely that Antonio Brown actually does seek help if he's mm-hmm. kind of out of the spotlight for a little bit. Right. You know, "Quote unquote rock bottom, right? Exactly. Like, like that's when that moment will happen. So I agree mm-hmm. with that absolutely. Well, well, I can't even I can't even be like little about how excited I am about this and about you know having having you on and everything. I mean, this has been great for me. I could talk to you all night. Oh. I know, but, I pro- but I promised you it would be a half hour, and that's all I think of your time. Well, and I, I, I would yeah. like to say this real quick. We've had a great conversation in the chat. Appreciate everybody there. If you want to hit a subscribe on the YouTube video, we really appreciate that. Double D, I will say this. This may be my favorite interview we've done on this sports show right here. I'm, I'm telling you right now because you came in here and you seemed like, oh, man, I'm on a football talk show. What am I doing right now? <laughs> and you killed it. And, I mean, everybody in the chat has been saying it all night. Like you. I, just the hey. quality of answers was fantastic, honestly. Hey, I really appreciate it, man. I, you know, I did some work, and I declare I did well. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm so excited. Thank y'all so much for having me on. This has been amazing, and, you know, you guys really helped me because I was so nervous about it and getting invited to something and, and doing something different, and, and, and it makes me feel good that I came in and you guys were pleased with my, you know, what I came up with. Yeah, absolutely. no. So, want to give you an opportunity. Have you back. We're gonna yeah. in the off season. Brian and I dive into some social justice stuff, women's in sports, women in different things. Uh, we we love to do those shows in the off season when it's not so football heavy, and we you know we're not doing our normal stuff. Would you Would you come back and do one of those shows with us? Hey, just hit me up in the Instagram. You got me. Just hit me uh-huh. up anytime. I'm available. I record my podcast on Wednesday nights. Anytime after that, any time around that, I am available. 
Love it. Oh, well, you no, heard it, Ryan. We got her locked in. <laughs> well, I, I was about to lead into that. And W, I just kind of wanted to, before we let you get out of here, if you want to just shout out, like, where can people find you on social media that aren't followers of you already? Mm-hmm. Just throw, throw out some of your plugs a little bit. Yeah. You can follow me on TikTok at The Real Double D Mother. And you can also follow me on Facebook and, and Instagram at Double D Mother, as well as Twitter. Everything is Double D Mother, whether where I am black and the news is always petty as hell, but I bet you by golly, wow, it's accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, everybody's, everybody's in the chat. Killed it. Really appreciate this Thank again. You. We look forward to having you on. Fantastic stuff. Thank you so much. Thank y'all so much. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. You Bye. too. <laughs> David, you did it, man. You did it. Congratulations. <laughs> you did it, man. That was great. That was awesome. Because, like, yeah, honestly, I when you called me, gonna crush it. I well, when you called me, though, man, like, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna be honest. Like, there's a little hesitancy for a second because, like, we're obviously talking sports. I mean, I know we have different layers talking the business and the mental health side and all the, you know, all the different layers that we talk about with sports. But when you brought it up, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, it sounds interesting. But like, I don't know how it's gonna go. And it was awesome. Like, honestly, that was that was a lot of fun. It really was. Yeah, no, the whole show was great. I, I mean, from Mike and, you know, obviously you and Mike, your relationships, it pours through the screen and and what's going on down there in Texas this weekend, uh, giving these kids an opportunity. And then to dive into a little bit about Antonio and, uh, you know, behind the scenes, how, how she takes it, how she looked into it and the stuff she found out about it, because, you know, she really is a woman that does incredible research and uh, that's one thing I've always, you know, me as a former scout and everything, I, I love the research of stuff. And when she does a news um, posting or something, you know, it obviously is well-researched and well-thought-out. And when, when I saw her do something on Antonio, I'm like, here's my nugget. Here's how I get her. Here's how I can get her on the show. So, But, um, yeah, I'll look forward to bringing her back, and we'll do some social justice and different things about um, how, how uh, she sees it. And give us her view on all that, and um, and then tie it into the sports world, and what's going on, obviously uh, around football in these days. So, uh, I thank you for trusting me, and I thank you, and I thank our, Mike and Double D and T- Tiffany, everybody, and everybody in the chat, from Gladys to your dad to her nephew to Carol. everybody else, Carol, there, yeah, yep. that came in, participated, everybody on TikTok, you know, that helped Michelle and different people were over here. They were they were saying stuff and putting things in the chat. So I want to say thanks to everybody because this was a great interactive show tonight. And I am very proud of what we put out this week. Yeah. And uh, again, people in the chat, thank you so much. It's always great when you just kind of get quick feedback and just interaction. And I want to thank Mike Riddleman, of course, Director of Scouting and uh, Director of Player Personnel at the College Gridiron Showcase, which I'll be down in Fort Worth, Texas in only a couple of days here. I want to thank Double D, of course, for bringing on the energy, the perspective. It was fantastic stuff. This is Mav Sports Take, Episode 70. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, Tuesday night. Appreciate you all. Everybody have a blessed and great week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.